Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21 to 33. Uh, We've already been talking about how we should walk. Uh, We talked about how our walk ought to be worthy of the call that is in Christ Jesus. And we were to walk differently than the world, right? We're to walk uh, lovingly because why? Christ laid down his life for us. And because of that, uh, he's our example. And uh, we're to walk in the light. Why? Because others might see your good works and glorify the, our Father in heaven. And we're to walk circumspectly. That's what we learned uh, the last time we were together. And we're to walk accurately. We're to walk diligently. We're to walk onto the Lord. And today we're going to see that we should be walking submissively. And if we're walking submissively with each other, we're, we're going to have that unity, that harmony, if you will, in our hearts. And and in our lives. And there's three areas, if you're taking notes, that Paul's dealing with in this area of unity and harmony. Number one, it's going to be in the marriage relationship in verses 22 to 20, uh, 33. And then number two, in the family relationship. That's going to be seen in chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. And then third, we're going to see in the business relationship, chapter 6 through uh, verse 5 through 9. Uh, this whole idea of unity and harmony and bringing together, uh, Paul's going to address that to us. But today we're going to be looking at this first section, dealing with what it means to walk submissively in the marriage relationship. Uh, so let's go ahead and just read uh, Ephesians chapter 5, look at verse 22. It says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Now let's rewind a little bit actually. Let's go to verse 21. It says, submitting to one another in the fear of God. And so because we're walking in the fear of God, we're in awe of who the Lord is. We're walking, number one means we're a believer and we realize what he has done on the cross for us and who he is and and, uh, that we entered into that relationship with him. Thus, uh, wives, specifically uh, believing wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, verse 24, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish, And so husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh." This is a great mystery, but Paul says, I speak concerning Christ and the church. That's the whole point here. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let let the wife see that she respects her husband. 
All right. So uh, those that have been married for so long, uh, I would say is because of mutual submission. And one to another, right? It's They're submitting because of verse 21. Let's read that one again. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. And we saw that last week. We were given one command, and that was in verse 18. If you look at verse 18, it was to be filled with the Spirit. And there were four participles that talked about the results of being filled with the Spirit that we went over. And the fourth and final thing was what? It was submitting to one another. And the word submit is a military uh, word, and it carries the idea of falling and lying, being in subjection, submitting to one another, uh, or one who is over you, I should say, who has authority upon you. And when we give up our will to one, uh, the one who has authority over us, and the, the, the Holy Spirit, right, uh, then we are walking submissively because it's in Christ. We're, we're yielding to the Spirit. Uh, and as we yield to the Holy Spirit, we're going to yield to one another as well in our marriage relationship. So if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to be submitting to one another in your marriage. If you're not filled with the Spirit, then there's not going to be submission to one another. And, and we're going to be walking according to the flesh. And I think the Bible makes it very obvious uh, in Romans chapter 8, verse 4, it says that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Uh, Galatians 5.16 says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. There it is. There's the answer, right? There's the key. The truth is, the only way that we can submit to each other is through the power and the presence and really the person of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And we need to understand the basic principle of this uh, very simple fact in marriage. If you're looking to get married, uh, this is what we ought to be looking to right here uh, in a marriage relationship. So we already talked about our outline, right? We're going to talk about the, the marriage relationship. We're going to talk about the family relationship. We're going to talk about the business relationship. And in those three categories, there's six specific people uh, that Paul is dealing with here. And it's, that's illustrated by the definite article um, by the word uh, the in the Greek, so which emphasizes the noun or the verb uh, that it's modifying. In other words, there's six different articles used that proceed each noun, right? So let's take a quick look at those. He deals with the wives in verse 22. He deals with, secondly, the husbands in verse 25. So dealing with this marriage relationship, this aspect of the marriage. And he deals, number three, with the children in chapter 6, verse 1. He deals with the fathers, chapter 6, verse 4, so dealing with the family relationship. And he deals with the servants in chapter 6, verse 5. He deals with the masters in chapter 6, verse 9. So there's three separate categories with six different people. Today we're going to deal with just one category. We're going to take it simple uh, and, and breeze through the, the context, really. And really, that's my, 
my prayer is to see the context just come out um, and not to just rip on, you know, the women or just the men or vice versa. I just want to, let's see what the word says, right? So dealing with the husbands and the wives, dealing with the marriage relationship, it's in verses 22 to 33. It's very, very simple. Uh, there's only two commands, two imperatives, if you will, that are given to us in the Greek language. The first command uh, is in verse 22. It's wives submit. And, and, and the second command is in verse 25, and that's husbands love, right? So that is the simple outline for marriage. And I think it's interesting. We got, what, millions of bookstores, billions of books on marriage. We got thousands of conferences that go on all the time. We could talk forever about marriage, and we need to make a huge deal about it, I, th- I think. You know, I think it's a very important to talk about it. Uh, but when we look at the Bible, it's very, very simple, where it only gives us two commands. If you really think about it, why is it giving us two commands? Well, it's, it's dealing with two different people, right? And so both of these people are different. You got the man and the woman. And, and I'm not sure if you realize this, but we are extremely different. And, and we're made to be different. Look back in uh, the garden in Genesis. If you guys remember, God created man from what? The dirt. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> it humbles me to think and realize, man, I wasn't created by with diamonds or gold. I was created by dirt, right? But women, it's very interesting. Uh, how did he create the woman? Not with dirt. He created woman from man's side. Um, I don't know if that means the rib, but out of the man's side. So thus men are missing something. Men have had something taken from them and given to you girls, <laughs> And, and therefore, the man is lacking. He's missing something that you have, right? And so that is why women, if you're looking to your husband to fulfill your needs, if you're looking to your husband to fulfill your wants and your desires, uh, you'll always be lacking because he doesn't have what you need. And, 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 and he's lacking, and, and, and he's missing that, right? So you, you see, we don't have a desire to sit down. We don't have a desire, generally, or majority of the men, uh, to just sit down and look at you face-to-face and, you know, drink tea and talk about, you know, our situations and the whole day and just, you know, talk it out. Um, I think I have that gift, and I love it. I, I'm a pastor teacher, and so I love... That's my thing, right? I want to talk to my wife all the time, and I want to deal with it, and that's, you know, the counseling of me comes out, right? I want to lay it all on the table, and let's talk now, and it's like, ah. But um, that's not every man, right? We, we, we don't all have that same heartfelt emotions, those, uh, you know what I'm talking about, that deep-seated feelings that the women have. We're different. We're created different, and that's okay, right? Thus, girls, when you look to your husbands to fulfill you or to satisfy you or to complete you he ends up being a chump doesn't he it's like oh look at that. he doesn't have it right because god has it and and that's the thing you need to turn to the last adam jesus christ right and to satisfy you to complete you to fulfill you in that sense right and and to listen to you and honestly um that's so cool if you just think about it. God hears you. I mean, I'm a, I could be on my phone. I could be watching TV and my wife's talking to me. And I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, sounds good. All right. The next day comes around and she comes downstairs and she's like, what are you doing home? I'm like, what are you talking about? 
Uh, you're supposed to take the kids. We talked about it yesterday. No, we didn't. Yeah, we did. You said, yes, you will. And I was all, what? No, we didn't, right? It's because I'm distracted or something. But it's just so cool that God hears us, right? He always hears us. He always understands. Uh, even when our words can't even utter it, right, into speech, he hears the deepest concerns of our hearts, right? And that's so cool about the Lord. But men, the same is true for us, right? Our wife can never, ever, ever satisfy us, right? Or please us or, you know, complete us. They're, they're different from us. And so if you're looking to your wife to complete you or satisfy you, what's going to happen? We're going to come up short. And, and that's always going to happen. So uh, it's interesting because men see everything in blue, right? Women see everything in pink. We see things differently, and thus there's, uh, you learn early on in marriage that all of a sudden there's conflict, right? And where, how, you, you know, there's, there's communication uh, issues that happen, and I, it's interesting because I had to learn this, right? Women speaking that, uh, oh man, I don't know how to say it. It's like a, it's like a puzzle, right? They speak, they say something, but they don't, they want you to figure it out. They want you to put the puzzle pieces together. It's like, oh man, are you really just talking simply right now? Or do I really have to figure this? Could you just talk in English for me, please? Uh, this is pretty tough. She might be like, you know, what, what time is it? And really what she's asking is, you know, it's time to go get some food and I'm hungry. So let's go out and go get something to eat. But uh, to me, it's like, oh, it's five o'clock or so. I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I've, I've learned um, to, to say to my wife, hey, guess where I'm going to take you. I want you to guess which restaurant we're going to go to. And, and now she'll be like, hmm. And whatever one she guesses, I'm like, oh, you got it right. That's the one we're going to. Because it, it just skips that whole guessing game of like, where do you want to eat? I don't know. I don't want to. You know, just, yeah, might as well go straight to it, right? But men understand things simply. Men speak simply. It's because we're different, right? Did you guys know statistically women speak way more than men speak, right? It's just, you know, it's true. And and I can imagine on a serious note, just thinking about it, um, imagine when the men come home after work, right, and and they're exhausted and just tired and, and maybe listening to people all day long, and then you come home, and and now the, the, the wife's been saving up all these words to talk about, right, right when he gets home, and it's like, man, imagine if you put all those words in prayer, right, and just giving it to the Lord, and then the man could come and just relax and, you know, just take it easy, and, and how comfortable of a setting that would be, um, I don't really want to bash the women on that. I'm just throwing it out there. You know, that, uh, if, imagine if we both prayed more, right? The men and the women, and, and we sought the Lord on, on what we, what we say to each other. Um, it's just amazing. So, um, and it's funny too, because of our communication with each other. You know, my wife, I could have a busy day and I could come home and she could be like, how was your day? And I'll be like, good. It was great. And that's it. And she's like, did you talk to anybody? Yeah. How did it go? Eh, it was all right. 
<laughs> anything big happen? Oh, uh, yeah, a couple things. And I'm just short, and that, that's just, you know, I'm to the point, and that's just how I am. Uh, but if it's her, it's like, and this happened, and she said this, and that happened, this happened. You know, and it's all in detail, uh, but that's okay, right? We, we, we speak differently, we communicate differently, but we've got to learn uh, together, right? Doing it onto the Lord and with the Lord. So, um, but guess what, husband and wife? If Jesus... Christ is your all in all, then he completes us. He satisfies us, right? And he will make you at a place where you're at peace, where you're at rest. And remember, there are three in this relationship, right? We forget that. It's so easy to, to live for your spouse and do things onto your spouse, but you got to realize their heart's evil and they fall short of God's glory, just like you do, right? And because they make mistakes and they're gonna, uh, we can't look to them to be our ultimate of, of, of whatever, right? Our decision-making of, uh, what am I trying to say? You can't look to them because they're going to fall short. We got to look to the Lord, right? If you're both looking to the Lord, you're both walking in the same direction and you're going to be pleasing to the Lord. And so understand you're different and girls understand you're different right Jesus is the only one who can satisfy us and who can complete us and so let's come to the first command let's get started here in this marriage relationship let's start at verse 22 it's wives submit right in verse 22 wives submit this is not an optional uh, for the believers by the way wives you're commanded to constantly continually be in a state of submission and that's what the bible says that's and by the way it's for your own benefit it's not for your husband's benefit it's for your benefit because god is working in you something amazing something great uh, to mature you and to shape you and to form you and so as you're walking and submitting onto the lord you're naturally going to be uh submitting to your husband because that's how God said it biblically in order for the marriage. And we want to look at two things that are outlined in our text today. Uh, why Paul gave this command and what are the reasons behind uh, submitting to your husband. Number one, it involves lordship. Notice in verse 22, it says, notice carefully, to your own husband. So wife submit. But to your own husband, don't forget that. that You don't have to submit to any other man in this entire world. If I came to you and said something, you don't have to do it. Because it's your husband that you're to submit to, right? But notice it says, as to the Lord. And that's speaking of lordship, this idea of lordship. And so girls, you submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ. You say, Lord, whatever it is you want me to do, I'll do. Amen. That's your prayer. That's your heart onto the Lord. And why do you submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ? Why? Well, why, why give up your wants and your desires and your will for Jesus Christ? I think it's because you know that he loves you. You know that he cares for you. You know that he's watching over you and watching out for you. He's providing for you, right? And thus, it's easy to submit to the Lord because of that. And so, men, we need to take note. When our wives realize that we love her and that we are thinking about her and that our desire is the best for her, then the natural reaction reaction really is that she is going to submit to 
her husband to the lordship that God's put in us. And so when she understands that everything you want and everything that you desire is for her, right? Obviously under the Lord, you're looking to the Lord, but it's for her as well. And, 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 all, and your life is built around her and she will submit to you naturally now. It's going to be easy. And she's going to submit not only to the, not out of duty, but out of desire. Why? Because it's an act of worship. She wants to worship the Lord. She wants to submit to the Lord. She wants to honor the Lord. And as she's doing that, as she's bringing her worship to the Lord, you're in the middle as well. You get to benefit in the, in the mix of that. And so she, as she's submitting to you, husband, um, She's worshiping the Lord through that, right? And it's a beautiful thing. So it's not out of law. It's out of love. And she's going to want to do it, right? She's, she's going to want to serve the Lord. And when she knows that her interest is supreme in your heart as, as onto the Lord, she's, it's, it's a pleasure to do. It's an honor, right? And so let's come to the second thing here. It involves headship. Notice in verse 23 and 24, it says, For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Not in some things, but in everything, right? It's not just for the, some, the things you want or the things you agree with or the things you feel like or the things you're comfortable with. Husband, as your wife realizes that you love her, you care for her, you want the best for her, she's going to naturally submit to you, but not only because of the lordship issue, but now because of the headship issue. And because there's a need for someone really to be in charge. There's got to be somebody in charge, and God made man first. As you read through the word of God, God put, instituted man to be in that position, the husband over the wife in that sense, as far as the leadership role. And why? Why not the woman? Well, Women, uh, there's nothing wrong with women, but women are, could be emotionally led. There's a temptation for, to, to go with the feelings instead of with whatever God said in that sense. And so God said it up. We could go over that a whole bunch, but um, Christ is our example, and he's the head over the church, and thus it's a beautiful picture as well. Uh, and there's so much details with that. But it's 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 ran by Jesus Christ, and we're we're willing to submit to what... We want for whatever he wants to work in the church. And so, girls, it's the same thing in marriage, right? Um, man, it, understand there's equality in the marriage relationship between men and women. God, God created us equal. There's no, uh, you know, I'm better than you. God loves me more or anything like that. Don't, don't go that route, right? Galatians chapter 3, verse 28, it says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's neither male nor female, there it is, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So men are not better than women and women are not better than men. Amen? Right? Amen? Amen? Amen. So, but besides equality, there is also hierarchy. And I got to throw that out there. Someone needs to be in charge. And that is what is illustrated here in our text. And so, uh, by the way, uh, 
headship, when we're talking about headship, headship is not dictatorship. Don't get me uh, wrong on, on that aspect there. It's not you laying down the law saying, well, I'm the husband, wife, submit to me. You know, the Bible says, right? It's, and it's plastered all over the refrigerator and the stove and the, for the mirrors everywhere, right? Wife, submit, right? No, it's not a thing like that. Um, I've had jobs in the past where... I was in charge, and I'm telling people what to do, but I had to realize I can't bring my workspace into my home, right, into my family, into my marriage relationship. I can't boss my wife around. It's, it's a mutual relationship where we're both submitting to the Lord, and I had to realize that, but it's, it's leading by example. So if you want your wife to submit to you, she needs to know that you love her, that you care for her, that you're doing everything in, in, in the best interest for her, basically. And, and someone, you know, uh, and, and, and by the way, you're setting an example of what it means to follow the leader, right? You're, you're, and that's what Jesus did with the disciples, right? Before he knew that, uh, he knew he was going to go to the cross and immediately he began to teach them all kinds of stuff, right? And one of the first acts that he did is he began to wash their feet. And it was, uh, uh, he humbled himself, right? And, and he served them and, and be led by example. And that's what we ought to be doing as well. But someone came up to me and they asked me, hey, I think I have this gift of leadership, um, but I'm not sure if I have it or not. How do I know if I have this gift of leadership? And I would say, well, look behind you. Right? <laughs> do you see anybody following you? If you don't, then you probably don't got that gift. But if you do, man, you're a leader. Keep going, right? And, and husbands, we need to be that, le- that example uh, that lead example in our marriage, right? And uh, Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, he says, imitate me just as I imitate Christ. And so obviously, girls, you don't submit to everything your husband wants you to do. If he wants you to sin, no, right? If he wants you to do something unbiblical, no. If he wants you to do something illegal, immoral, you, you get the picture, no. It's, it's an issue of salvation, and when it comes to an issue of salvation, it's, it's not going to happen, right? Um, if he says, you know, I don't want you talking to that girl, then don't. But if he says, I want you to deny your faith in walking with the Lord, then no, right? You, there's, an, there's a time where we take a stand biblically, because why? Our relationship, number one, is with the Lord. Number two is your spouse, right? So consider that. Um, you know, girls, if you, you think about it, Really, you got it made. I mean, consider that. Think about your role biblically in the Lord. Think about it. The guy, the husband, actually has all the work. I mean, he has the responsibility, the liability, the man, he's working and toiling and doing all this stuff. You just get to sit back and enjoy and be, adorn yourself, get up, prepare, get ready, be blessed. That's the whole idea. And just be blessed. And remember, back in verse 32, this is all a picture, by the way, of Christ in the church, right? The church is to be adorned, but be ready for our, you know, the husband, right? The the marriage, right? And, and uh, we could go into that whole aspect as well. It's a beautiful picture, and I think we will later on. Um, but what I love about my wife is, you know, after we communicate about something, if I decide, 
you know, uh, I want to choose something or go somewhere, she follows. And I think that's so cool. Even if she knows it's a dumb decision, uh, but she knows what the Bible says, Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called, the called, according to his purpose. And so, girls, just trust that God is in complete control of your husbands. And because of that, pray for him on your knees. Man, get on your knees and, and trust the Holy Spirit uh, and, and ask the Lord to fill him with the Holy Spirit uh, and to be led by the Holy Spirit, to be guided. And in, in that be, why? Because you're following him <laughs> wherever he goes. And so you want him to walk in the direction God is walking. And, and uh, so pray, pray, pray. Um, like crazy. Second, let's come to the second command here, uh, or the second imperative. It's in verse 25. Husbands, ah, let's get to the husbands. Husbands, love your wives. And there it is, very simple, very easy, right? Love your wives. We're commanded to constantly, continually uh, to be loving our wives. And I thought it was interesting that when Paul was talking to the woman, he actually used 64 words. But guess how many words he uses for the men? He uses 173 words compared to the 63 or 64. So understand, we love them even if they don't submit to us, by the way. Just to throw that out there. There's a lot of people, well, she's, if she would submit, then I would love her. And if she, but look, at, you know, they're pointing fingers at her, and that's why they're not doing what God commanded them to do. But guys, we serve the Lord. We honor the Lord. We lead because God commanded us. That's the imperative right here in verse 25. Husbands, love your wives. That's a command from God. And and it's not like, well, God, I mean, I would, but I mean, look at, she doesn't deserve it. Well, if you want to play that game, do you deserve God's love? No. Right? It's grace. It's mercy, right? That we depend on for our lives. Thus, you ought to be showing the same thing in your marriage. Don't be pointing the fingers. That's a little childish game, right? Get over that and, and turn it over to the Lord. Um, and uh, over, by the way, let's get back to this. Over two times as many words to the men, right? And, and then the woman. So I thought, man, why is it that, you know, the women get this much, but the men get this much? Like, what is that? Is it because we're smarter? <laughs> is it because we're dumber? Like, what's the point? Is it because we're always the ones to say, huh? What? Right? After she says something, what? Huh? What is that? So we had to get the extra just in case, or I don't know what that was, but um, very, very interesting. But here's four things, men, in what it means to love your wives. Number one, it involves sacrifice. Notice in verse 25, it says, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. So the illustration of is of Jesus. How did he love the church? Well, it was sacrificially, right? He, he laid down his life for her. John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Right? Greater love has no one than this than uh, one lay down his life for his friend, right? So uh, husbands loving your wife's involves sacrifice, right? That's the idea. We need to give up our wants, our desires, our needs 
And guys, this hurts, doesn't it? It's like, oh, <laughs> oh, it's, you know, you're sacrificing unto the Lord, but you're also sacrificing for your wife. And why? That she would be blessed, that she would live in that harmony, right? And that peace and that have that peaceful atmosphere that happens when you give up. You need to give up in order to gain something that's beautiful. And so uh, putting her wants and putting her needs and putting her desires above your own desires and wants and needs. And that reminds me of Philippians chapter 2. Look at verse 3. It says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interest of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So for each relationship, that's a little bit different, right? For some, it means, you know, going to the movies and buying her chocolate or bringing her flowers. Uh, for others, it means sitting down and talking to her, giving her eye service, putting your phone away, right? And just talk about what's going on and give her that, that communicative uh, opportunity. For others, it may be doing the dishes, doing the laundry, right? Cleaning up around the house and, you know, making sure the kids are, you know, doing what they should be doing. Uh, but either or, every husband needs to understand his wife. Every husband needs to have that discernment. If you don't know it, then you got to be praying. Uh, is it is it is she more physical or is she more of a gift giver? Is she more, you know, whatever it might be, um, the Lord knows, and, and the Lord will give you if you ask, right? So secondly, let's come to the second thing here. It involves sanctification. Notice in verse 26 and 27, it says that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself, Jesus, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Men, as we keep them in the word of God, they're going to be clean, right? And as our wives go out into the world, they get spotted, they get blemished, they get wrinkled, right? And, and, and when they come home, man, we need to wash them in the word of God. As believers, man, we ought to know that, right? That's a, that's a, that's a given. And, and nobody should just tell us, you know, are you in the word with your wife? And, you know, it's something that we should be knowing as believers. And, but notice it's his word that does all the work. I mean, she, she has no excuse. Well, he doesn't get me in the word, so I'm not going to read the word. No, 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 no. You remember, your marriage relationship is the three of you guys. You're looking onto the Lord, and as you're honoring the Lord and growing in the Lord and seeking the Lord, and as he's seeking the Lord in all things, you guys are both looking up to the Lord, and thus it's going to be a beautiful picture. And so as you guys read together, it's God is doing something amazing with that. When you read the, together, there's some kind of bond that begins to happen. And as that's happening, you're getting the enemy mad. And there thus is spiritual warfare. Uh, if you know what I'm talking about. If you have uh, unequally yoked uh, husband, wife, whatever it is, uh, but you, as you get in the word with them, immediately there's, there's all kinds of resistance happening. It's like, what is that? How, where did that come from? It's the enemy attacking. The enemy knows that's the best thing that you need in your marriage is to get in the word of God and pray with them, right? And so husbands, as we get in the word, in spite of all the blah, 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 
right? The warfare that comes your way, because there's going to be arrows, man. It's coming all over the place. We got to stick to the word of God and pray. Why? Because it's a real battle out there. And I I know now is the time as well, right? We're locked in. And uh, man, what an opportunity to grow in faith, but with through the word of God, right? And so it's it's a beautiful thing. Um, I should stick to my notes here. Where am I at? Um, uh, but you, I know John 15, you're already clean because of the word which I spoke to you, Jesus said. And so one of our, one way our wives grow and mature is by them being washed by the word, right, of God. And so usually before people ask, uh, me and, and, uh, for marriage counseling, I would say, well, tell you what, have you been reading the word of God to your wife? And and most of the time, so well, no, not really. What, you know, we did once you know, at Christmas time, I think. And you know, well, do this before you come up. You want to do any counseling? Go and for thirty days, every single day, just read the Word of God. Go go through Proverbs. Go through whatever you're going through. God's going to speak to you, and God's it's just His Word is enough. And 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 uh, and really, that ends up being the issue. And they don't need to come for any kind of counseling because they're getting the counsel of the Holy Spirit. Right? God is leading them and directing them because they're both taking heed to the Word of God, and it's a beautiful thing. Um, but so, First um, Corinthians eleven seven even says Paul. Paul says, "For a man indeed ought not to cover his head, since he is in the, uh, the image and the glory of God. But woman is the glory of man." So, in other words, your wife is like a reflection of you, right? Um, and it's beautiful, but what you teach her, she's going to teach your kids. And if you do not like your wife, if you're unhappy with your wife, if uh, her attitude stinks, if she's not being submissive, if she's not being respectful, I mean, we can keep going through the list here, but then step it up and get in the Word of God together, right? That's the idea. As you wash her in the Word, as she sees you submit to the Lordship and the Headship of Jesus Christ, thus she's going to follow suit. She's going to come alongside. But if she sees you not submitting to the lordship and the headship of Jesus Christ, then she's not going to, she's going to reflect the exact image that you and your walk is before the Lord, which is scary. So uh, in other words, I'm saying all this because of the leadership role that we have, right? Bringing it back to, we are to be leaders, right? It's like a war zone out there. And when she gets hit, and she attacks you, it's not her. Don't hate her. Don't, don't look to her as evil. She just got attacked. She's the weaker vessel. Go alongside her. Don't kick her. Don't shoot her down during an, an argument or something. But come alongside her and aid her. Pick her up. Get her out of that war zone by washing her and bring, praying with her. Getting in the word of God with her. And it's beautiful. That's our recovery time. That's our restoration time. That's our, man, how, you know, there's so much that happens with that. It's a beautiful thing. Um, so uh, let's come to the third thing here. By the way, too, when you guys get in the word, I would just encourage you guys to pray 
uh, before you get in the word and pray after you get in the word. Pray during your the time in the word. Just stop and let's, let's pray about this and, and pray afterward. Pray as much as you can because it is a spiritual warfare. And because of that, prayer is our number one key there. So let's come to the third thing and it involves concern. Concern. Look at verse 28. It says, So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. So the truth is, we all love ourselves, right? We're concerned for who? Numero uno, right? You don't hate yourself, you love yourself, according to verse 29. So when you look at, uh, I mean, look, think about it. You take a group photo, right? You look at the camera. Who is the first person you're looking at? Yourself, how do I look? How's my smile? How's my face, right? What's going on there, right? 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 Um, so the Bible says you love and you cherish yourself. And so, and since you do, that love needs to happen to you with your spouse, right? The Bible says in 1 Peter 3, 7, it says, Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving uh, honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered, because they will be if you're not. We need to be the spiritual leader. Uh, Fourth, it involves commitment. Notice in verse 31, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So um, back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, uh, speaking of the marriage relationship, right? Uh, Join, they're, they're, they're glued. Notice the word, and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So you're glued. There's a total commitment. You're no longer your own, right? There's a unity when you're committed to each other in Christ Jesus, right? And we made the, those vows, till death do us part, right? It's not till our feelings do us part. I just don't feel in love anymore. My love fell and I lost it. And and thus, you know, we have to split up now because I just don't feel it anymore. Is that what the Bible said? Was that your vows before the Lord? No, it was till death do you part. Look at, look at verse 32. It says, uh, and, and you already love yourself. So uh, now love her, right? This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So husband, love your wives, right? Wives, respect your husbands. These both flow from verse 18, by the way, from being filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, man, because Jesus is number one in your life, thus your spouse is number two in your life. And if you keep that as a prioritizement in your life, man, things are going to flow naturally. You're going to be blessed. And life is so much easier when you love Jesus more than your spouse. If you love your spouse more so, that's an idol. You're in sin. Uh, your prayers are being hindered. And everything's messed up. You're finding yourself in conflict all the time. And it's just, it's a mess, right? So when Jesus is number one, oh, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, but when Jesus sustains you, you'll, you'll, you'll now be able to walk the walk that you're called 
according to his upward call, right, in Christ Jesus, but especially your walk with Jesus in your relationship with each other in your marriage is going to be so blessed because you're, you're walking with each other, right? Your walk is onto the Lord. And remember, it's not sitting down. It's not walking backwards because they did this and they did that, right? No, it's get up and, and keep walking together, right? Don't let the, don't get the let down, um, but continue to honor the Lord and sacrifice, serve one another. It's a blessing. It's a beautiful thing. So I pray that you guys are encouraged. Um, there's so much more. So because of that, I think I want to do a part two um, because of the time actually uh, about more so uh, our relationship as well God and, and our relationship with the, the church in general right corporately and the beautiful picture that God's been painting from Genesis all the way throughout the whole Bible a beautiful picture of what he intends for his church and people get ready <laughs> Jesus is coming soon and if you don't have that anticipation man get it because you know, the signs are obvious right now and I think uh, now is the time to look to the Lord so with that, let's pray. I pray that you guys are blessed and um, that you guys stay safe and that, uh, um, man, that we meet together. And if not here, then in the air. Amen. So let's pray. Uh, Jesus, thank you so much for your word. And oh, Lord, there's so much here. Uh, but I pray, Lord, that we would just grasp that simple concept of, of just loving each other, Lord, and, and serving one another, respecting one another. Um, and just coming alongside one another. We know, Lord, that we can't uh, come alongside each other by, by uh, just uh, telling each other what to do or, or anything like that. But we know it's by your word. And so I pray, uh, Lord, if there is conflict in the church right now, um, if there is that tension, Father, may this be a reminder, Lord, for us to get back in your word, to come back, Lord, to the basics and remember who we are in you, that we don't have things under control and that we need your word to control us, Lord. And so help us to yield to your word. Help us to honor you and bless you and glorify you, Lord, uh, that truly that you would be glorified. And, and we know, Lord, it could be tonight. It could be tomorrow. It could be this week that all of a sudden we find ourselves in your presence, Lord, and just worshiping you and honoring you for all eternity, Lord. It's going to be amazing. Uh, but till then, Lord, help us in this time that we're in uh, to be faithful, Lord, to be found faithful in your sight and uh, to honor you, Lord. We love you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And, and thus, you know, we have to split up now because I just don't feel it anymore. Is that what the Bible said? Was that your vows before the Lord? No, it was till death do you part. Look at, look at verse 32. It says, uh, and, and you already love yourself, so uh, now love her, right? This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So husband, love your wives, right? Wives, respect your husbands. These both flow from verse 18, by the way, from being filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, man, because Jesus is number one in your life, thus your spouse is number two in your life. And if you keep that as a prioritizement in your life, man, things are going to flow naturally. You're going to be blessed. And life is so much easier when you love Jesus more than your spouse. If you love your spouse more so 
that's an idol, you're in sin, uh, your prayers are being hindered, and everything's messed up. You're finding yourself in conflict all the time, and it's just, it's a mess, right? So when Jesus is number one, oh, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, but when Jesus sustains you, you'll, you'll, you'll now be able to walk the walk that you're called uh, according to his upward call, right, in Christ Jesus, but especially your walk with Jesus in your relationship with each other in your marriage is going to be so blessed because you're, you're walking with each other, right? Your walk is onto the Lord. And remember, it's not sitting down, it's not walking backwards because they did this and they did that, right? No, it's get up and, and keep walking together, right? Don't let the, don't get the let down, um, but continue to honor the Lord and sacrifice, serve one another. It's a blessing. It's a beautiful thing. So I pray that you guys are encouraged. Um, there's so much more. So because of that, I think I want to do a part two um, because of the time, actually, uh, about more so uh, our relationship as well God and, and our relationship with the, the church in general right corporately and the beautiful picture that God's been painting from Genesis all the way throughout the whole Bible a beautiful picture of what he intends for his church and people get ready right? Jesus is coming soon and if you don't have that anticipation man get it because you know, the signs are obvious right now and I think uh, now is the time to look to the Lord so with that, let's pray. I pray that you guys are blessed and um, that you guys stay safe and that, uh, um, man, that we meet together. And if not here, then in the air. Amen. So let's pray. Uh, Jesus, thank you so much for your word. And oh, Lord, there's so much here. Uh, but I pray, Lord, that we would just grasp that simple concept of, of just loving each other, Lord, and, and serving one another, respecting one another. Um, and just coming alongside one another. We know, Lord, that we can't uh, come alongside each other by, by uh, just uh, telling each other what to do or, or anything like that. But we know it's by your word. And so I pray, uh, Lord, if there is conflict in the church right now, um, if there is that tension, Father, may this be a reminder, Lord, for us to get back in your word, to come back, Lord, to the basics and remember who we are in you, that we don't have things under control, and that we need your word to control us, Lord. And so help us to yield to your word. Help us to honor you and bless you and glorify you, Lord, uh, that truly that you would be glorified. And, and we know, Lord, it could be tonight. It could be tomorrow. It could be this week that all of a sudden we find ourselves in your presence, Lord, and just worshiping you and honoring you for all eternity, Lord. It's going to be amazing. Uh, but till then, Lord, help us in this time that we're in uh, to be faithful, Lord, to be found faithful in your sight and uh, to honor you, Lord. We love you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.